Believe in Twins. I'm your host, Cammie Raisler, and we are talking all things Minnesota Twins baseball. Good afternoon. Hope everyone's having a great day and ready for some late baseball tonight as the Minnesota Twins head to California. They are in California right now. They'll be taking on the L.A. Dodgers for two late games if you're in the central time zone, and then they will take on the Angels this weekend for a three-game series. A lot going on, a lot to talk about since I've hopped on last. Obviously, still the talk of the town is that big play at Target Field in the 10th inning against the Toronto Blue Jays. I just want to start by playing this audio from Twins manager Rocco Baldelli. That play has not been called since the beginning of replay more than a couple of times in all of baseball, the thousands and thousands of games and plays at home where the catcher actually does block the plate over and over and over again. That play has virtually never been called. And for someone to step in in that situation and ultimately make a decision that that was blocking the plate, that's, beyond embarrassing for our game for all the players out there on both sides of the field working their ass off for the entire game it's completely unacceptable i can't even believe i'm sitting here talking to you guys about this right now it's one of the worst moments i think we've seen of umpiring in any game i've ever been a part of in baseball and i think it was pathetic what what just played out and i could go on and on and on about this the the umpires on the field have nothing to do with it they made a play on the field which was the right call which every person in all of baseball including the umpires know is the proper call and someone in new york decided that that was worthy of being overturned on the field. So there you have it. Rocco Baldelli pretty upset after that call. He articulated it quite well, actually. Watching it in real time, I don't know what you thought, but myself watching the game, I immediately thought they were going to overturn it just because they are so particular about blocking the plate. And now watching it back over and over again, Gary Sanchez, in my opinion, and many other people's opinions, he did exactly what you're supposed to do. He found his spot in front of home plate. He then proceeded to follow the trajectory of the ball. And he ended up taking out Whit Merrifield. He he gave him a line. He gave him that line to the plate. And Whit Merrifield admitted after the fact that he, yes, he purposely slid right into Sanchez because he knew he would have the best chance of the call going his way. Now, if you missed the game, this means nothing to you, but you've probably seen the replay by now. So after the fact, the umpire review from New York, the MLB gave an explanation as to why the call was overturned. They said the catcher's movements into foul territory were not in reaction to the trajectory of the throw, and he did not have to be in that position to receive the ball. The catcher's actions, while not in possession of the ball, hindered and impeded 
the runner. So basically, once that catcher has the ball in his possession, he can then essentially block the plate and take out the runner. He has the ball in his hand. They're saying he didn't do that. Well, now when you watch the playback over and over again, you see that Gary Sanchez did exactly what you're supposed to do in a situation like that. That's what makes this the most frustrating. It's because we tell people how it should be done. The MLB says this is what we want. This is how we want a catcher to retrieve the ball and tag out a base runner. And Sanchez did exactly that. And the throw? The throw was right on the money. So it's really frustrating to see a call called wrong. Now what? Now what are people supposed to do? Was What was Gary Sanchez supposed to do in that situation? Just miss the ball? Was he supposed to stand in front of the plate and lean over and catch it like he was on a tightrope? I mean, it makes no sense. So the MLB made a mistake, and they should actually come out and say we made a mistake. Because really one guy in New York, whoever it was, made the call. And it was the wrong call. And it completely takes away the, the point of instant replay. The point of instant replay is to make the call correct, make a correct call. And it has to be definitive. We see it in every sport. We're seeing replay over and over. It's so easy to look at a still frame, but you have to look at the whole play as it happened. Now, Glenn Perkins was on the mic for the Twins that day for that Sunday game, and he had the quote of the day, in my opinion. Rocco gave some, some good lines, but Glenn Perkins said, it's an opinion which defeats the purpose of having replay anyway. He's 100% right. It's an opinion which defeats the purpose of having replay anyway. Why couldn't the umpires on the field have an opinion? In fact, they did have an opinion, and their opinion was that the base runner was out. Instead, we went to New York to get a, another opinion from an umpire. If that umpire was so special, that rule maker was so special, they should just be on the field and make the calls in real time. Because it's a lot easier to make a call when you have instant replay. We can all sit at home and do that. So that's my rant about the big play at home. Um, obviously a tough loss for the Twins. They did have a bottom of an inning there. They didn't get the job done. It was really deflating to see the Twins lose that game when Luis Arise put the Twins in contention to win that game when he had a base hit in the ninth inning to tie the ball game up. So a devastating uh, finish there for the Twins who were looking to take Two of four from the Blue Jays instead. No, let me try that again. They were looking to win three in a row against the Blue Jays. Instead, that was a series split. The Blue Jays taking the bookends of that four-game series. I was thinking they did not win those two Friday and Saturday, but they won. I was there on Thursday for the Cole Swindell concert. Not a great game on the Twins' behalf. I've seen some bad Twins baseball lately in person. So I actually was going to go on Sunday, but decided to just stay away because I thought I was jinxing them <laughs> a little superstitious there, but indeed they lost anyway. So maybe I was not a factor in any of that. Last time I checked in with you, the twins were one game up on the Cleveland guardians. That is still the case. The Minnesota twins as of Tuesday are 57 and 51. The Guardians 56 and 52, sitting one game back 
of the Minnesota Twins. The Twins have a tough August, but 20 home games. 20 home games in August, which is great for the home ball club, for the Twins. So hopefully the Twins will uh, continue to do well here in the month of August. Trade deadline was also a week ago on Tuesday when I chatted with you last. So let's talk about who the Twins got on the trade deadline Tuesday. Of course, they got Jorge Lopez from the Orioles. He is now the Twins' closer. They got Tyler Malley from the Reds. And they also got Michael Fulmer, who was with the Detroit Tigers. He's a bullpen arm for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, It was interesting because they were playing the Tigers at that time. So I know I have a friend that's on the grounds crew there for the Minnesota Twins. And Fulmer came out wearing Twins gear. He was wearing his twins uniform at batting practice. So he got some grief there from the Detroit Tigers. Those were the big moves for the Minnesota Twins at the trade deadline, making some big pitching moves with those two bullpen arms. And then Tyler Malley, a starting pitcher for the Twins. Also, we know that Miguel Sano is now on the 60-day injured list. We have Alex Kirilov also on the IL for the remainder of the season. He's having surgery on his wrist. So another season-ending surgery for Alex Kirilov. His health will continue to be a problem. It will continue to be speculated for the Minnesota Twins. So we will see how he heals, how he uh, goes down the road with that recovery process with his wrist surgery that is taking place. Another big move, the Twins DFAing. Tyler Duffy. He'd been on the Twins team since 2012. I think Jorge Lopez, excuse me, Jorge Polanco, the only other twin to be on the team longer than Tyler Duffy. Let's take a look back. I actually interviewed Tyler Duffy in 2013, so he would have been a newer player on the squad. Really down-to-earth guy. I remember that year he had just gotten married. Um, Just a good person. And I think all Twins fans have noticed that in his post-game interviews. The guy will go and blow a game, and he'll come out, and he'll face those tough questions, and he'll answer them to the best of his ability. So he's a good a good person all around. He's had a rough season. He um, was a fifth-round pick by the Twins back in 2012. He became a starter in 2015, and it looked like he would be a starter down the road. But the Twins really just struggling throughout the mid 2000 tens um into the past few years they've they've had some rough starting pitching they've had some rough relief pitching so he definitely is a key player he is i wouldn't want to say a face of a franchise but he's a notable guy that people do do recognize when he's out there on the mound but it just was not not his season and time for the twins to cut ties with tyler duffy so what did that mean well that meant Cole Sands was given another chance to make a name for himself for the Minnesota Twins. He's a right-hander. He is still, uh, I think, number 13 on the Twins prospect list. He had a great game against the Toronto Blue Jays, the one that finished there in extras. He went three scoreless, so that was promising, a promising long relief stint for Cole Sands after pitching in five other games for the Twins so far this year, not having as much success, giving up some home runs, giving up some earned runs and has an inflated ERA because of those five appearances that he's had early on in 2022. Unfortunately, I'm running late for work, but I do want to touch on a couple other 
things. I mentioned the Alex Kirilov surgery. Okay. So Alex Kirilov's season is over. This is for the second year in a row. He tore a ligament in his right wrist in May of 2021. And he's really struggled to come back from this injury and it's not going well for him. He was shut down for the season last year. The twins weren't in contention for anything. He decided to have surgery. That's two years in a row for Alex Kirilov ending the season with a wrist injury. So him, Royce Lewis, out for the remainder of the year, and he will hopefully be ready by April of next season. Maybe not for the opener, but he should be ready, according to his account, early on next season. He is already recovering. He's already rehabbing his ACL surgery. Him also with a second surgery that cut his season short here in 2022. So two key prospects. I'm not going to call Kirilov a prospect anymore, but Royce Lewis is still the number one prospect for the Minnesota Twins, barely getting any playing time here in 2022. So two guys that everyone will be watching for 2023 because they are two of the main players, both injury prone. So we have Byron Buxton injury prone, Royce Lewis injury prone, and Alex Kirilov all dealing with injuries and recovering from those injuries. There's a lot more to talk about. Um, I got to go to my other job right now, so I actually have to get off the mic here. A couple things I want to mention. I'm going to the Field of Dreams game on Thursday. I'll probably hop on and tell you a little bit about my experience there. I was there last year as well. Of course, last year, the White Sox taking on the uh, Yankees and winning in walk-off fashion. It's only fitting that the Chicago White Sox won at the very first MLB game in Iowa at the Field of Dreams movie set. This year, we have the Cubs and the Reds. Okay, not nearly the teams that we saw last year. Unfortunately, the Cubs and Reds are both not going to make playoffs this year. They're just not going to. They'll get the draw from the Iowa fans that are Cubs fans, but it's just not as exciting when you don't have those key players like we saw last year with your, you know, your Abreu's, your judges, your Stantons at the field. So it'll be it'll be a good experience again. They're really trying to revamp the Field of Dreams movie site. Uh, Frank Thomas, the big hurt, playing a big role in that. They're going to build some new fields around there. Some folks in Dyersville not excited about it. Other folks are excited about it to bring more people into the area to really see that original movie set. If you haven't seen the movie, check it out. It's a great film. It's one of my favorite baseball movies, so I'm excited to check that out as well. Again, the Minnesota Twins taking on the Dodgers for two games. They are heading to the Angels for three games over the weekend. Then they're back at home against the Royals have to pick up big wins against the Royals because the schedule for August is challenging for the twins here down the stretch with uh, down the stretch of August, rather with the Astros giants and Red Sox to round out the month, the Rangers in there as well after the Royals series. So the Minnesota twins looking to capitalize in LA. Hopefully they can take some games from these decent LA teams, Dodgers, especially good. So, hopefully can take at least one or maybe two from the Dodgers. That might be a stretch, but hey, why not? We're all cheering on the Minnesota Twins. Hopefully they can get healthy and uh, get some players that can be in the lineup every day. I was at a game last week. I was at that Thursday game. I mentioned Cole Swindell performing after the Twins lost, but their starting outfield was Mark Contreras in center, Jake Cave in right, and Nick Gordon in left. Hey, they're doing all right, but that's not your big league starting lineup. That's St. Paul. That's St. Paul playing in a big league game. So the Twins need to get some guys healthy and really need to uh, capitalize on some players that can be everyday players. 
I will leave on this note, though. Nick Gordon, this man's been electric. This man plays all over the field. He steals bases. He hits home runs. He's got some pop in his bat. And he's a good guy to have in the clubhouse. So Nick Gordon, that's my that's my man from this season that I did not expect to be so successful and bring so much to this ball club. Again, I got to go to work. I got uh, another job that I got to do. So that's all for me for today. Believe in the Minnesota Twins. Believe in Twins. They're going places this year. They got to have a good month in August to do so. I'll check in with you hopefully on Thursday or maybe on Friday of this week to recap the Field of Dreams game and what's been going on with the Twins at the Dodgers. Twins have two games against the Dodgers. They're off on Thursday. So you can watch that Field of Dreams game. It's on Fox. All right. Everyone have a great day. Thanks for joining me. Do you believe? 